Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by italki, a website that you can use to find a language teacher for one-to-one lessons or conversations over Skype. It's a really convenient way to work on your English-speaking skills or to get specific training for things like job interviews or exam skills in English. And italki are offering all of my listeners a free lesson. To get that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, you're going to listen to my friend Paul Taylor attempting to pass the UK citizenship test. Every year, thousands and thousands of people choose to become British citizens for various reasons. This year, of course, one of those people is Meghan Markle, who's moving to Britain to marry Prince Harry, as everybody knows, because it's all over the news, probably all around the world. Meghan is going to be taking the life in the UK test, by the way. Um, In fact, the wedding is happening tomorrow. I'm recording this on Friday the 18th of May. The royal wedding is happening tomorrow. And I expect that by the time you listen to this, they'll probably be married. I hope everything goes well for them. Anyway, there are lots of complicated requirements for becoming naturalised as a British citizen, including the fact that you need to prove that your English is at B1 level or above. And you have to pass the Life in the UK test. This test is supposed to make sure that you have sufficient knowledge of life in the UK in order to integrate properly into British life. The assumption is that if you can pass this test, then you know enough about life in the UK to be considered worthy of being a British citizen. Quite a lot of people fail the test. I was looking for specific data. And I found out that in 2016, about 36% of people failed the test, which is just over a third. So what's the content of this test? And do you think that you have enough knowledge of life in the UK to pass it? If you took it, would you be able to pass it? What kinds of questions do you expect to find in this test? Is the average British person able to pass the test? You'd imagine so, right? What can you, my listeners, learn from this in terms of essential British knowledge and also useful British English vocabulary? And can my friend Paul Taylor, who was born in the UK and has spent much of his life living there, can he pass this test? Well, let's find out as we take the British citizenship test in this episode. 
Now, this is quite a long episode, but there is absolutely loads of stuff that you can gain from this in terms of historical and cultural knowledge, both from the past and the present, as well as vocabulary and general listening practice, and also just the pure enjoyment of listening to Paul becoming increasingly angry about the content of the questions in the test. Also, there's quite a lot of swearing in this one. And by swearing, I mean rude words that you normally shouldn't use in polite company because they can be very offensive. So watch out for those rude words, either because you don't like that sort of thing, and you might want to avoid this, or because you love to hear how people swear in British English. In either case, you have been informed there is rude language in this episode. So I hope that you do listen to the entire episode, perhaps in several sections, When you press pause on your podcasting app, it should remember where you stopped listening so you can carry on later, so you can listen in in several sections. Also, there are notes and scripts for the intro and outro to this episode on the website, so check them out. Reading those scripts and checking those notes can help you pick up certain words and phrases that you might hear uh, in this conversation. Now then, without any further ado, let's get started. Paul. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine. Are we recording? We're recording. Oh, hi. That was a quick, that was a, that was a, br- a brutal intro. It was straight in. Yeah. But I'll probably do like a quick, hello everyone, beforehand. Oh, okay. A, to, a, 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 a half an hour intro. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll, I, <laughs> I'll, try, no, I'll try not to do that. Um, uh, so Paul Taylor. Yes. Hi. Well, I'm back. Um, Is this going to be after the other episode? Yes. Directly afterwards? Well, I don't know. All right. Whatever. Hi again, everyone. Hello there. Good to be back. Um, now then, uh, do you have a British passport? Uh, I used to. Uh huh. I don't anymore. So what because I- it's out of date. So what's the what's the deal? What's going on there? Well, I can't renew it. Why not? Uh, because I don't have the same name in my British passport than I do in my Irish passport. Okay, so what what are you then? If you, you're not Brit, you don't have a British passport. That, what are you? Are you British? I, 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 I don't know anymore. I'm uh, I'm confused. I'm I mean, I, technically, if if the police were to stop me, I'm Irish. Okay, uh, but I'm still. I, I think you, you can still be a British citizen without a passport. Yes, I think you can. So I'm still a British citizen. Okay, you just don't have a passport. British citizen. So you have um, an Irish passport. I'm an Irish passport. How come you've got an Irish passport? My mum is uh, is Irish. I thought she was from Northern Ireland. She's from Northern Ireland, but that's in the UK, isn't it? It's in uh, it's in the U- it's not in Britain, but it's in the UK. Okay, well, uh, this sounds like a, this sounds like somebody should do a comedy sketch about this. Sounds Luke. like my stand-up routine. <laughs> We've mentioned that before. If you're born on the island of Ireland, yes, you're allowed a passport regardless oh. of whether you're north or south. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. Yeah. Also, uh, if you basically if you're born if you're born with a point of Guinness in your hand, then you're allowed to have an Irish passport. Uh, that's okay that's the qualification so even if you're born in northern ireland which is technically part of the united kingdom you can you can you can apply for an irish passport you can apply for an irish passport. wow i did not know that yep so my mum has got an irish passport and uh, that means that i'm allowed an irish passport i got an irish passport initially because um i went to australia when i was 21 two for like four months does that help you get an irish passport no but it was on a working holiday visa which meant that i was able to go there and work and uh, be on a on an extended holiday you can only do that once in your life um what? on your passport you can't do it you, you, you get one chance to do that and you have to be under 30 wait a minute you get one chance to do what go to australia and on a working holiday visa any does it have to be australia 
No, you get one chance to go away on a working holiday. No, no, no. You get one chance to go to Australia on a working holiday. You can do that in Canada. You can do it wherever. But if you want to go to Australia, you can only do it once on your passport working holiday. Because they've got very strict immigration rules. Correct. So, my thing was I loved Australia and I thought maybe one day I want to go back on a working holiday visa so if I get a second passport right. then I'll be able to do it on the other passport I see genius idea except I never did it so and I'm 31 now so it's too late um, but you do have the Irish passport I, so I've got the Irish passport now the thing was uh, that the short story is that uh, I've got I've got two middle names my name is Paul Francis James Taylor uh, and that's on my birth certificate that's been on my British passport since I was born I always have to hear that in your mum's voice Paul Francis James Taylor <laughs> When she was angry with me, that's what she said. Paul Francis James Taylor, how many times have I told you to stop kicking that fucking ball in this house? That's you playing football in the house. Yeah. And she's like, Paul Francis James Taylor. You've f- broken three fucking light bulbs. Did if you're wondering really, where I get did my... she really swear? Yeah, she used to swear, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. But she's, she gets shocked when you swear. Yeah, because I, I don't know why she gets... Because she's old now. So she gets shocked when I swear. And you're um, like, but it, like, I learned it all from you, woman. Yeah, exactly. She, she used to go... <laughs> My For par- fuck's sake, woman! Fuck you! Um, Swearing. Yeah, so, uh, uh, four names. Paul Francis James Taylor, that's my name, it's always been my name. When I applied for my Irish passport, that's I sent in my British passport, my birth certificate. For some reason, on the Irish passport, they missed out the James. So my Irish passport is just Paul Francis Taylor, right? So when I went to renew my British passport, they said to me, well, we can't issue you a new passport under the name Paul Francis James Taylor because you have another passport that's currently in date that that's missing the, the name James and we can't issue you if it's not the same thing. So basically they said, what I have to do is change my Irish passport to Paul Francis James uh, Taylor in order to get a new uh, British passport. And I couldn't be bothered. So, so wait, if you wanted to get a new British passport, yes. what, what would you have to do then? I'd have to call up the Irish uh, and change my Irish passport to Paul Francis James Taylor. And, and how do you change your Irish passport to Paul Francis James Taylor? Uh, Paul Francis James Taylor. Paul Francis James Taylor. I have to prove that Paul Francis James Taylor is uh, a name that I use on a regular basis. How would you prove that? Tax returns, uh, phone bills, things, things that you don't put your middle names on. So I don't have that proof. So you can't do can't it? Can't do it. So does that mean you can't get a British passport? Uh, right now, I could if I really wanted to, but I don't really need one right now. Okay. I, I'm not bothered. Do you have a French passport? I do not have a French so passport. It's just Irish. Just Irish. Ah, you're just fucking Irish now. It's fucking leprechaun. Ah, it's fucking Top of the morning to ah, you, Paul. Ginger leprechaun. Little bit of a, a few cultural stereotypes there, and this is probably a little bit offensive for anyone listening in Ireland. They're thinking, who are these cunts? <laughs> Speaking like this, because that is a word you can say if you're from Ireland. Eh. You can drop the C word. It's, I well, it's it's just as no offen- problem it's just at as offensive, all. But somehow it's, it's still offensive. But somehow, Hawking if you've got an Irish accent, miles an hour. If you have an Irish accent like this, you can drop the C word, and it's it's just charming. It's just fucking charming. Anyway, um, so so, you, so yes. Right. So no, I'm 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 just Irish, which means I'm European, which means I can stay in France. Okay. Because Brexit. Yeah, no one knows. It's still everyone's like, oh no, no, still no one knows what's going to happen. No it one knows st- what's going to happen. Still hasn't been agreed yet uh, what the citizenship thing is going to happen. But since you don't have a British passport, when let's say there's a hard Brexit, yeah, which means that Britain 
not only comes out of the single market and the customs union, it also, uh, on a geological basis, gets uh, separated from the tectonic uh, plates that uh, make up the continent of Europe. Right. And, and in, in the UK drifts off into the North Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Um, and that if that happens, um, how would you... And you wanted to go to the UK to work, for example, or whatever... Uh, what would you do? What was that? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'd have to get a new British passport. Yeah, because otherwise they'd be like, um, you're European. Mr. Taylor, I, apparently you're European. We, we, we don't like Europeans, Europeans here anymore. anymore yeah. So I'm afraid you're not allowed in. And yeah. like, but I'm, I'm Irish. Look, I'm Paul Taylor. I'm from Ireland. It's like, well, we, sorry, we don't recognize Ireland anymore. Yeah. You're what, sorry, I don't understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'd have to get a new British passport. Like, but By I'm, that stage, I'd probably have to take a new British citizenship test. Would you now? Yeah. I don't know if you would. Because a lot of you know people who want to become British nationals, um, there are various requirements. I don't know if it's the same for you because you've already had a British passport right. in the past, and you were born in the UK. Yeah. So you just don't have the passport. But I think you are born in the UK. UK. It, it I works was better. Born with in the UK. Of, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, <laughs> so I think it, you probably wouldn't need to do the nas- uh, the uh, the language test and the. No, but uh, should we do it anyway? Yeah. So the reason I'm asking, <laughs> the, the reason I'm asking you, Paul, whether you have a British passport and all that stuff is is because I wanted to talk about the uh, citizenship test. Yes. So um, you don't have to take one, but do you reckon that you could pass a British, I, c- British I, citizenship test? I'm not sure. I spoke to my dad about this because his um, his partner yeah. um, is Brazilian, and so she had to take a citizenship test. I can't say it's the word. It's difficult to say citizenship. 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 Citizen. Citizenship. Or I, uh, citizenship. My Russian friend when I was a kid called me British citizen. <laughs> you uh, are British, a British citizen. I'm in a way. British citizen, professional citizen. British citizen. Citizen. Uh, so she took the test, and, and my dad was telling me about the test, and he was like, "Yeah, it's really overly complicated. Like uh-huh. it's 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 not it's not complicated, but it's stuff that is irrelevant if you want to live and work in England uh, or in anywhere in Britain nowadays." Uh huh. Um, because there was some like history questions that he didn't ha- he didn't know, and he's pretty decent. He's he knows a lot about history and stuff. Uh, so the language stuff, great, whatever. But the the actual like general knowledge of the UK, yes. it doesn't. I mean, you know, it's it's that thing where. So I'm not sure. I could. I'm not sure. The history. I'm useless at history. So any history questions, I'm automatically going to get wrong. Um, uh-huh. It's it's quite interesting. Is it a multiple choice thing? What is uh, it? Yeah, it's okay. multiple choice. Um, I think you have about thirty questions. A QCM, as they call it in French, which I like that acronym. Q- what does QCM stand for? Uh, QCM, c'est un questionnaire à choix multiple. Multiple choice, choice questionnaire. questionnaire. Okay. Ah, an MCQ. Yeah, they call it a QCM. For us, it's a, just multiple choice questionnaire or a multiple guess questionnaire. Ugh, multiple guess. Well, that's kind, of like, that's kind of a joke, isn't it, you see? Oh, oh guess, okay. Just guess. Yes, I get it now. Right. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, we should call it an MCQ. We should. It's so. much more effective... Multiple language. I'm all about question. effective language, MCQ. which is why I like the word y'all because it's so effective. Y'all, what's y'all? Yeah, Americans when they say "Hey y'all" or "How y'all doing?" Yeah, it's "How are you all doing?" Yes, but in English we don't really have it. We have like it's "You lot" or "You like it." You know, wh- where are you all going? Like, where are you lot going? Where are you? Where are you plural going? Yeah, 
Like in French, it's vous. Like where in in Spanish, it's vosotros or ustedes, depending on which part of Spain. So they've got like we words have, for you plural. We don't have plural you. No, in so British English. We end up saying you lot, which yeah, sounds a bit dismissive. Where you lot? Where are you lot going? Yeah. How? Uh, you, whereas in American English, in certain parts of America, yeah, it's South. y'all, which is y apostrophe a l l or your you all. Yeah. Y'all. How y'all doing? Yeah. All y'all. They have an all y'all. Yeah, how y'all doing? No, it's it's like um, how, uh, yeah. uh, 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 it's like uh, uh, all y'all. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, all y'all. When are they all y'all? y'all. All, y'all's. Uh, all y'all's house. If you're speaking, it's like should we? <laughs> let, let's go to um, no. <laughs> how old is all y'all's house? It's like how old is all of you? Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's all y'all is like uh, uh, m. Emphasis of y'all, yeah. So really making sure that you know that it's the plural uh, yeah. you. It's like a big group of people. They also yeah. in the states have you guys. Yeah, you guys, well. you guys. Where are you guys going? Hey, you guys. Hi, you guys. Yeah, you guys and y'all. It depends where you are from yeah. the US. And in, in Ireland, uh, use use. That's it. Use. What are yous doing? Uh, Which is like, what are you guys doing? What are, what are you doing? all doing? Yous what are you doing? Y'all. Yeah, in British English, we have like you lot. Um, yeah, all of you. Um, anyway, uh, so the, the British citizenship. I'm not sure test. that I would uh, pass it. I'll be. I'm, I, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure. I, no, I'm going to categorically say I'm going to fail it. Okay, it, it was um, redesigned uh, in about 2012, 2013, I think, a okay. couple of years after the Conservative government came in, um, and uh, it was a fairly controversial uh, change because they uh, decided to adapt the test and change the questions so that it's all about. Uh, uh, history and uh, well, that's moments pointless. of British history in particular, and maybe bits of culture as well, but mostly like questions about history. Some questions about the constitutional nature of the country, like for example God. the way the government works and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of it's about well, uh, that's I, I guess I, I understand that the the politics side because in theory, if you become a British citizen, you're going to vote, and you, so you better know the, the. I've never voted in my life because I don't know enough. The other thing is I've lived in several countries as a kid, so yeah. um, I didn't follow. The, all the English curriculum at school the whole way through. I, I, as a general thing for me, the history stuff is 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 uh, not useful compared to cultural stuff. Yes. Like I feel I don't know any of the history of France really. Yeah, and I'm fi- I'm integrated here. I'm fine. Yeah, okay. I don't need to know the cultural stuff. Is where I'm a bit more right. like if I don't know a certain TV show, if I don't know a certain celebrity, yeah. or if somebody speaks about a film or a music, that's when I feel lost and I can't integrate in a mm. conversation in a house party. But no one in a house party's been like, oh yeah, in fifty in Louis the Fourth. I didn't know. Uh, so yeah, it's not really a conversation yeah, so, point. No, is it? unless you want to do tours, uh, touristy tours of Paris and yeah. and host a, like like Amber does. Yes. Um, then you need to know the history. But you don't even need to be integrated into the country to do tourist yeah. tours. So to I, get by on a daily basis to properly integrate it's and not to pay qu- your taxes and vote, you don't need to know it's anything not about really history. A question of knowing what happened to Henry VIII's third nope. wife. Nope. Um, but it's interesting because the people who designed the test, you can see they had a set of values, and their values were basically they were thinking in order to be a proper British citizen, you have to know about these things because in, if you know about these things, it means you're proud of these things. But I mean, what is it that makes someone British? What makes you able to integrate into British society? It's yes, yeah, all those things you talked about, understanding what British people are talking about in day to day life, mm-hmm. also about just basic things like what's the number that you need to call to get an ambulance. Yeah. Yep. Or, um, you know, 
you know, just just all yeah. those really simple survival kind of things. Yeah, the fact that we drink milk more than other countries. Yeah, why? Stuff like that. Why, you know, maybe. pints of milk, five pints of milk. You can't ever buy more than a, a litre of milk in France. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So it's little things like that. Those are the things where you go, okay, you're integrated or not. Okay. Anyway, well, let's, so let's, let's go through. I've, I've got um, some sort of sample tests. It's called the Life in the UK test. That's okay. the official name. And I found a few uh, uh, sample tests, practice tests and things which are based on the uh, official manual that's provided by the government to help you prepare for the uh, Life okay. in the UK test. So we're going to do a sample um, I think there's about 24 questions. Let's see uh, how we get on. Okay, how many do I need to pass? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's say 20 out of 24. If there's 24 questions, I reckon 20 out of 24 is a pass. Yeah. Uh, life in the UK requirements. Um, it doesn't say... You got, you'll have 45 minutes to answer 24 questions about British traditions and customs. It doesn't say how many you need to get right. Okay. Uh, I think what they have chosen to do is keep some of this information secret, secret so yeah. that you have to buy the book yeah. in order to yeah. learn all those things. Sounds like the driving test book. Exactly. Thing. Anyway, let's go through. Right, let's do it. And let's see. And I'm uh, so excited to fail. Our listeners can judge us on how little we know about British history. Either that, or they can judge the uh, relevance of the test and whether or not it's really fair test. Yep. And let's see if you get this right. If you don't get it right, Paul, then uh, you won't be allowed to have a British passport. I will never be allowed to go back to the UK. never be back. Uh, okay. Back. I, I will become French, and I will speak uh, like this for the rest of my life. Uh, Some of these questions, listeners, we won't be able to explain. We're going to zip past them okay. sometimes. So we're not going to explain every single thing, but there will be a link on the page so you can check them out yourselves. Link on the page. Link on the page. Link on the page. Link on the page. Okay. So, number one, who were the first people to arrive in Britain in what we call the Stone Age? Okay. Who were the first people to arrive in Britain during the Stone Age? Was it farmers? Was it hunter gatherers? Was it warriors? Or was it pirates? Who were the first people to arrive in Britain during the Stone Age? Farmers, hunter gatherers, warriors, pirates. Clearly, Neaton. No, you need to know this answer if you want to set up a bank account in the UK, effectively. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to oh. set up a bank account, please, certainly. Um, uh, can you tell me who were the first oh, people to arrive in Britain during the Stone Age? Uh, farmers, sorry, uh, you're unable to, you, you don't qualify uh, for our I'm, banking I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to say pirates, because I think uh, we were close to other land that I think, mm-hmm. uh, for me, pirates, first people to... Pirates normally land on islands, like small islands in the middle of nowhere. And they go, Arr, yeah, shiver me timbers. Exactly. Tis a, tis a pot of gold, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say pirates. Hunter-gatherers. Mm, what's the th- so, b- b- Warriors. Uh, no, yeah, for me, it's either hunter-gatherers or farmers. I'm trying to think. I'm going to say farmers, because I think agriculture in the UK is so, uh, it's a complete guess. Okay, I think you're wrong. I think it's hunter-gatherers, because hunter-gatherers are those people who go went out searching for food so that was just growing wild. What, so, so they... could pick it, and they're hunting animals. They're probably following animals into... What, across the ocean? Maybe. Across the maybe sea? Maybe at that time it was frozen during, this, during the Ice Age or something. I don't know. But well, I reckon it's... Well, it's, it's a Stone Age, so it's not the same. Stone the Ice Age, age is finished. I reckon it's hunter-gatherers. People hadn't started farming at that point. They were they were uh, the following, stone, yeah, following animals and searching for yeah, wild Yeah, you're food. right, you're right. But anyway, you said farmers... Yeah. Uh, you're wrong. It was hunter-gatherers. Okay. The first people to live Who in gives Britain a shit? were hunter-gatherers. Who cares? <laughs> How is that an important question? <laughs> Jesus. Next. When did Britain become permanently separated from the continent 
uh, by the channel. So when what? When, when yeah, there was a point in in the past when Britain was actually attached to the continent ge- geologically. Oh when, God! When did, Why uh, do we when care? Did break away from the uh, from the continent. Yeah, well, if you want to if you want to inscribe yourself or if you want to if you want to sign up to the local swimming pool, that's <laughs> one of the questions I'll ask. All right, so now you technically can swim across the continent uh, from. The, but so so when did we not have? Shut up. Was it a ten thousand years ago? Was it be 50,000 years ago? Is it 15,000 years ago or 18,000 years ago, Paul? Quickly. Time. The long eight, the, the furthest one, 18,000. 50,000 50, years ago. Is that, is that the longest one? That's, yeah. Yeah, go on. Because, I mean, that's like a big geological change, yeah, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen 50, overnight. years ago? Yeah. No, it was 10,000 years ago. Bollocks. That's it. Britain only became permanently separated from the continent by the channel about 10,000 years ago. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny that... that Originally, technically, it's not separated by the continent. Yeah, because it's still part of the continent. Still We're still attached. Just a little bit of water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, idiots. Bullshit, isn't it? Especially oh. when it's, it's all. I can't believe these are actual quite. This is unreal. You know what? Also, that makes me think about is people in Britain who are like, "We're Britain. We've always been Britain." We'll never be European. We're, we're Britain. We're, we're an island nation. Technically 10,000 years ago, my friend. It's like if you just dip under the water a little bit, you'll see that it's the same land. It's just a little bit of water. Yeah, but, you know, a bit of wa- water, you know, water. It's important, isn't now, it? Now, what would be more interesting as a question is when did the Eurostar first come into service? That's an interesting cultural question where you yeah. go, okay, that's an, okay, cool. Like, how long have you been able to take a train from France yes. uh, to England? And, and how was it built? Well, it was in collaboration between the English exactly. and the that's French. That's a fucking cultural thing that you, that, that's useful nowadays in 2018. Right. For, if a French person wants British nationality uh, yeah. because they're married a British person and they're going to, they want to yeah. stay in England and they're living there, that... Who cares? Next, the Commonwealth at Paul is getting angry, uh, which is good. <laughs> Makes for good listening when Paul gets angry. <laughs> Let's see if we can make him really angry. Yeah. Question three. The Commonwealth, which is obviously the, you know... The wealth the, of common. The former uh, empire. Yes. Now the Commonwealth. This could be an nation, interesting question. Commonwealth of nations. The Commonwealth has no power over its members and cannot suspend their membership. So the Commonwealth has no power over its members and cannot suspend their membership. Right. What's the What's the question? Is it true or false? Oh. Does the, the Commonwealth, Commonwealth... What does the Commonwealth mean? The Commonwealth would be the... Is uh, it talking about members in the Commonwealth don't have... Commonwealth is a, a body. It's an entity. Yeah. Which is run uh, by made, the Queen. Made up... Uh, he, the Queen is the head of the state. state. She's the head of the Commonwealth. She's the figurehead of the Commonwealth. Yeah. Who runs the Commonwealth? It's probably some Commonwealth committee or something like that. Okay, a little bit of fact-checking here for anyone who feels like I should be telling you some facts about the Commonwealth. Let me just read some stuff that I have just pulled off the internet. Uh, This is from Wikipedia's page about the Commonwealth of Nations. It goes like this. The Commonwealth of Nations, um, formerly the British Commonwealth, also known simply as the Commonwealth, is an intergovernmental organisation of 53 member states that are most... Uh, that are mostly former territories of the British Empire. The Commonwealth operates by intergovernmental consensus of the member states, organised through the Commonwealth Secretariat and non-governmental organisations, organised through the Commonwealth Foundation. If you're confused, that's normal. I think it's quite a confusing organisation. Um... Member states have no legal obligation to one another, so there's no sort of uh, law that is um, created and that applies 
in uh, the Commonwealth. There's no legal obligation. Instead, member states are united by language, history, culture, and their shared values of democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. These values are enshrined in the Commonwealth Charter and promoted by the quadrennial Commonwealth Games. Uh, The Commonwealth Games, yeah, that's kind of a bit like the Olympics. But if you're not in the Commonwealth, you probably don't really know about it. Um, Anyway, any other any other details I can give you? Um, so this is from uh, WorldAtlas.com. Uh, what does the Commonwealth do? Well, the Commonwealth aims to create strong links between rich and poor countries, bringing together a variety of religious faiths and demographics in one institution. Although the group has been criticised for being more symbolic than useful, which basically means it's been criticised for not really doing anything, it has helped to create strong diplomatic ties between its oldest members. Um, in spite of the organisation having very little political or economic clout, clout means power, basically, or influence, so although it doesn't have much uh, political or economic influence, it does offer the opportunities for smaller nations to sit down with larger nations at the biannual Commonwealth Heads of Government Meeting, or CHOGM which allows them to make their projects and concerns known something that has shown to bear fruit. So basically it's a chance for all the member states to kind of uh, get together and uh, talk to each other, and that can be good probably for the smaller nations. And it, I guess it makes the, the UK feel a bit better about itself by creating the Commonwealth as a sort of force for good in the sense that it kind of promotes human rights and, um, you know, values of democracy, um, where once upon a time uh, it was essentially the, the, um, the British Empire, which is all about colonising nations and probably um, uh, sort of taking their resources and things. These days it's a much more fluffy, warm and fluffy thing, which is all about kind of going, OK, so how can we help you? What are your concerns? And sitting down and probably having a nice dinner um, and that sort of thing. So there you go. That's the Commonwealth of Nations. So uh, what are they saying? You know, you saying? know, like in the, in, in, the Commonwealth is, in a sense, it's a sort of a union of nations. But yes, it's very loose, that. very loose union. There's no political. That. But that's uh, like laws saying the United States has no power over its. Yeah, well, it's like over saying, its states it's, and it, cannot it, suspend. It's, it's, it's like saying the European. Uh, uh, the European Parliament has no power over member states. It's not true. It does have power. Yeah. Over well, someone's states. got to have power over it. So does so the when Commonwealth? It says, does the common? What is the co- the Commonwealth? Isn't a person. It's not a. I yeah. Do you I, know what I mean? I do. I think the Commonwealth, as a body, as an institution, doesn't have power over. Its Who members. does then? Well, those individual nation states, like for example, the Commonwealth doesn't really have power over Australia. No, it doesn't. I, the it Commonwealth doesn't. is a bit of a concept. Commonwealth than... is very sort of lame in a yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, it's good for small nations that essentially the Commonwealth is a it's meeting. Point, it's, it's a meeting. It's a meeting place. It's a. It's an opportunity for all these nations to meet each other and talk and and have an audience with. Uh, yeah, and not powerful. be able to move to each other's countries, like going to Australia. It's, it's not, I couldn't move to Australia. There's no political power yeah. going on there in the Commonwealth. There's no law being being passed just around. Just basically white people hanging out together. Well, white people hanging out with with with, uh, with non-white people. Yeah. And, and, being and, like, so, uh, and being like, we still as, dominate you. As as non-white people, is there anything we can do for you? And mm, they're like, no, mm. we're, we're fine. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, we'll just so, carry so, on. God right, save the, the Queen. The, the Commonwealth has no power over its members and cannot suspend their membership. So if, 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 somebody's, have, if, if somebody's behaving badly, 
in the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth, yeah. which means all of the states together. Can't, I don't let's understand say, what that means. Zimbabwe, I think, is an example of this, right? Zimbabwe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Zimbabwe was it was kind of like taken over by militants. Yes. Wasn't it? Robert Mugabe. Yeah. Um, took over. Maybe. Yeah. Took he f- he he took over. He's he was a sort of an. Um, a dictator who mm-hmm. took over Zimbabwe. It was formerly uh, another country. It was formerly Rhodesia, I think, and it was uh, part of the Commonwealth. Now, I think Zimbabwe was chucked out of the Commonwealth for bad behaviour. I chucked think chucked out by who though? I don't know really. By the the Commonwealth uh, Committee or whatever the name of is of the the committee <sighs> that, that is in charge of the Commonwealth. I don't think they have that much power. Uh, okay, I'm, here's what I'm going to answer. The Commonwealth has no power over its. I'm going to say false. False. Okay, because I think we they chucked out Zimbabwe, but it's correct. I d- no, so no further explanation. So it, it has. So it has some power and it can suspend membership, but yeah. we don't know anything yeah, more. Right. So what a stupid question because it doesn't actually teach us anything about the Commonwealth. No, exactly. I suppose the idea is, is that you learn about it before. It's by just preparing a, yeah. for the exam, you're yeah, going to read yeah, about what the Commonwealth about, blah, 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 is. Blah, blah, yeah, right. Okay, then, Great. fine. Which of the following states... That's, by the way, that's been the most useful question because the Commonwealth is something that's actually now yeah. happening. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. thing now. Now... What my list, what some of my listeners are out there thinking is, oh, but Luke, it would be re- it would be good if you knew what the Commonwealth was exactly, specifically, so that you could teach us all about it. Because this is Luke's Google English, it. This is Luke's English podcast, and I'm teacher Luke, so I'm supposed to know everything about you're, everything. about the language. Yeah. yeah, you're not you're not a geopolitical teacher. So exactly. So if people yeah. aren't asking those questions, shut up. Go, look at I've, if you're interested, go on Google. I had that <laughs> I had that many times as a teacher in London that I would have students in my classes and they'd say to me, Luke, um, what uh, Greenwich. Uh, Greenwich, why is Greenwich important? And I was like, well, it's it's the place where Greenwich Me Time was invented. It's where the clock. It's where it yeah, it's like it's an important place for uh, how we we created standardized time. And they'd say, when was standardized time created? And then I'd be like, I'm not sure. And they'd look at me with such disappointment. It's like, well, I'm an English teacher. I'm not supposed to know when Greenwich to Me yeah, Time yeah. was created. You know, it's like all I need it for is knowing when you show up to my classroom and you were yeah. fucking late today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to know when it was created. We just need to know how it works. And the way it works is that when I tell you to <laughs> arrive at 9am, you do it and do your homework as well while we're at it, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh. Anyway, all right. which of the following statements regarding the Black Death is not true? <sighs> the Black Death meaning... On top of it, the questions are like the not, not, negative, not, not, not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 which which of which, which of the following regarding the Black Death is not true? Uh, not never, never, not never been true. Um, the Black Death is the bu- 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 yeah. I just don't tell me what it is. The bubonic Shut plague. Up. One third. I don't the, even know what it is. Okay, one third of the population of England died, and a similar pr- uh, proportion in Scotland and Wales died from the Black Death. It was one of the worst disasters ever to strike Britain. True. True or not true? It affected children and old people only. Uh, Following the Black Death, there were labour shortages. Which of those are not true? So it could be more than one. One third of the population of England died in similar proportion of Scotland. Which of the following? Wales. No, it's just one of them that isn't true. Well, it doesn't. We don't know if it's just one or more Where than one. Uh, one third of the population. I think that's a lot. I which th- is okay. So it's it is probably one. Um. I, I'm leaning towards the first one because it was one of the most disaster. Yeah, it one was of the biggest disaster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It affected children and old people only. I'm not. That's like, I, that might not be true. 
It is only one option here, by the uh, way. Following the Black Death, there was there are there were labour shortages. So labour shortages, well, meaning there was a lack of jobs. Well, you imagine if loads of people died, then yeah. Imagine if like there was a Black Death now, and you went to work. It's like where is everyone? They all died, Luke. Yeah, but Black that, Death. Hello. Yeah, but that's the opposite of labour shortages. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Labour shortages is when there aren't enough jobs. La- aren't no. When there aren't enough labour means people who work. Yeah. That's why it's called the Labour Party because they support working people. Yeah, yeah. So labour shortages means people there weren't enough people to, to do all the jobs. Right. Hello, a quick fact check here and a correction. Paul is right and I'm wrong about this one. This never happens. Obviously, I'm, I mean, usually I'm, I'm always right about absolutely everything, uh, of course. But in this case, Paul is in fact uh, correct. And uh, a labour shortage here means not enough work to go around rather than meaning not enough people to do the work. So it's actually that there wasn't enough work to go around. That's what a labour shortage means here. Thank you. So if we, if we go through this, by the way, I don't know the answer, but if we go through this and it, 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 it say that it's, it's, if it was children and, ad, and if it was children... If we I t- see what you're doing. If it was children and old people only, that means that the labour force didn't get affected because children don't work, old people don't work. Yeah. So it, the labour force wouldn't have been affected. So if the labour force was affected, then it means that that's penultimate thing. Yeah. What isn't right? So basically, you're, you're using. I'm like, using logic. You're using the Sudoku approach to, to this <laughs> question. <laughs> so, well, it can't be that. Therefore, it must be that. Therefore, it's this. And if one third of the population died, one third could be old people and young people possibly so all the people in the middle died there were just old people and young people getting married and stuff yeah no hold on if, if it, <laughs> it affected it i'd say if it affected if that's wrong so if it affected only children and old people if that is wrong that means that that is just wrong just, as well let, let's take a different approach one third of the population do you think that's too many or or too too few you think it was more than that or less than that? I or think that it's. About right? I think it is probably less than that. However, I'm still. I, I, I want to get this right, and so I'm gonna. What's what that, is that what is thing? That flying insect. Whoa! Some beetle has just uh, landed on the wall next to us. Uh, let's carry on, Paul. Yeah, it's okay. okay. It's just an insect. If it affected children and old people only. If it flies into my face, I will go mad. <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> if that's true. That is also true. Quickly, Paul, come on. Hurry, oh, hurry for fuck's sake. I'm going to say the one third of the population. No, it's not that. Yes. It, it's, it's, it affected children and old people only is okay. not true because it okay, affected so everyone. Everyone, okay. everyone, of course. In 1348, a disease, probably a form of plague, came to Britain. This was known as the Black Death. Um, one third of the population of England died and a similar proportion of, in Scotland and Wales. This was one of the worst disasters ever to strike Britain. Following the Black Death, the smaller population meant that there was less need to grow cereal crops. There were labour shortages and peasants began to demand higher wages. So the fact that one third of the population was killed had a massive effect on everything. Yeah. Not just the fact that, you know... That's, in, that's a lot of people. That's a lot. Of I think that needs to happen again, honestly. Like, the, Careful, it, you're sounding like Thanos from... Uh, uh, you're sounding like a, uh, a superhero bad guy. Yeah, uh, well, the I am. Like, uh, there are too many people. There are too many people. I want to get the perfect photo of the temple in Fu- <laughs> in, in in Kyoto. So I, I need less people on the planet. Uh, There's too many people on the planet. Really, fact, Paul, really, fact. Too many really. people on the planet. What, what do we need? Either a bubonic plague, a, a massive viral outbreak, or another world war. Well, we could get either of those. So um, hope. I think you, you know. You're, I think you're, we need to do this test. And if the people that fail, they need to be shot. 
So not any non-British people. Oh no, we need God. a general world. We need a world. We need a world like humanitarian world test quiz. World quiz. I'll take the. I'll take the thing from Bill Burr. That yeah, we need to. We're going to show. Everyone's going to show up in a room, and they're going to have to fill out a quiz. If you didn't bring a pencil, you're already out. <laughs> <laughs> if you were more than fifteen minutes late, you will be incinerated. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't bring a pencil, yeah. You're already out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, next. Uh, who was raining in Britain? Who was raining? Not what? Obviously, not about Cats the weather. Cats and dogs were raining. Yeah, very hey, good. there we go. Wordplay joke. <laughs> we love it. Who was raining? Raining spelt R E I G N I N G, like the king uh, would or queen would reign. So, who, meaning which monarch, was reigning in Britain when Wales became formally united with England by the Act for the Government of Wales? Oh my God! Was it Henry the Fifth? Sorry, was it Henry the Eighth? Henry the Seventh? Uh, Elizabeth the first or James the first? No idea. I'm going to put James just because it's my middle name. That Paul Francis James Taylor. That's it. I've got no idea. It was Henry the eighth. During the reign of Henry the eighth, Wales became formally united with England by the Act for the Government of Wales. So ever since then, England and Wales have been, you know, united. And uh, these days, we're obviously England, Wales, Scotland, and, and Northern Ireland. But uh, there was a time when it was just England. And yeah, that's Wales. an interesting question that, I, that we probably should know. Did you know that answer? Um, nope, I didn't. I have to be honest. I know that Henry VIII passed loads of reforms, which made s- significant differences. Like he broke away from Rome, and um, uh, you know, murdered a lot of his wives. Um, whenever we, whenever they deal with Henry VIII in history classes, they seem to add equal value to the fact he had a couple of his wives killed. Yeah. That was that's as important as the fact that he, um, you know, united England and Wales, or that uh, he broke away from the uh, the power of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Like, which one's more important? Yeah, but he murdered two of his wives. That's what we all remember. Yeah. Anyway, next, um, the Elizabethan period is known for the richness of its poetry and drama, especially for the plays and poems of which playwright. So, which playwright is famous for? Being around during the Elizabethan no period when Queen Elizabeth I was um, I don't even know when raining. she was around. Alexander Dumas, the famous French poet. <laughs> William Shakespeare, Charles Dickens, or Thomas Hardy? I mean, my, my initial answer was Shakespeare, but I, I've got no idea. Quick, come on. I just put Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I don't care yeah, anymore. you're right. You're right, Paul. You're right. You're right. Yes. Alexander Dumas was French, so he's out. Yeah, Charles Dickens was Charles a poet. Dickens was around during the sort of Victorian period. Ah, uh, yeah, of course he was. Uh, Thomas Hardy was around during... Wait, hold on. Elizabeth I is the Queen Mother, right? No. No, man. Elizabeth I what is... Was the li- what was Henry the... Henry que- VIII's daughter. You know, ginger... Ginger what? The ginger one. Nope, no idea. When was Come it? Come on. Mate, who was before... Well, Queen Elizabeth was George, right? And before George... Well, wait, we got our current Queen Elizabeth II, yeah. before that there was there was uh, a few Georges. Well, her well, dad. A, a number of Georges. There was George and then another George, and another, I think another George before that. There was three we, Georges. We before. go all the way back to Victoria, and then Edward, and then Queen Victoria, and you keep going back and back and back, and they end up like uh, a key key moment where it changed from... Like the uh, change to the current family, the Saxe-Cobergs or the uh, uh, the sort of German family we've got now. Before then, it was like the Tudors, right, and uh, the Stuarts and and different families and stuff. And uh, so we're talking way way back in the Tudor period. When was uh, when was Elizabeth one first? She was around um, sort of sixteenth. Uh, 
uh, 16th, 17th centuries. That long ago. Um, I think 16th century. I'm just checking. Elizabeth I. Uh, um, so you don't know either. That's well, I knew it was a generally around the 16th century. Uh, no, but, no, but, uh, she was. Um, she died in 1603. Uh, so Liz, uh, she yeah. was Queen of England and Ireland from 17th of November 1558 until 1603 when she died. Okay. Um, and uh, there you go. Look, Ginge doesn't look. She she looks pretty mean, doesn't she? They all look mean. Scary, man. Yeah. Scary. To be fair, if I was dressed like that and I had to stand in a pose and get painted, I'd be angry. Yeah, you would, because you'd have to... You're probably really uncomfortable. You hadn't had a bath in three weeks. Her face is like my face now taking this bloody test. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, fail. Next. Right. Well, I got, no, I got that one right. Thomas Hardy was around sort of the turn of the century, beginning of the, the, the 20th century. Snear an actor. Thomas, that's... that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Batman I'm Batman <laughs> <laughs> Bane you're thinking of Bane yeah what's his name <laughs> what? he's also in Inception you. yes uh, his name is the other Hardy. his name is Tom Hardy Tom Hardy yeah, yeah. right okay, okay. <laughs> yeah um, next question which of the following is not a fundamental principle of British life oh which god if I get this wrong I'm in the shit which of these is not a fundamental principle of British life is it A, tolerance of those with different faiths and beliefs? Is it the rule of law? Is it autocracy? Is it democracy? Fuck off. It's not, so the answer is not democracy and it's not the first one. So it's between autocracy... Wait, what? Okay, yeah, because democracy is a fundamental yeah, part of Yeah, and life. so is the first and one. Tolerance is the rule of law? I don't know what that means. Well, you know, do we have a system of law? Yeah, we do. Right? And what about autocracy? I don't know what that means. Autocracy is like when you have an autocrat, one guy who decides everything. Well, clearly not, no. Right. Because the Queen does yeah, not well, decide no, everything. Yeah, we have a democracy. We have yeah, a parliamentary... Exactly. Right. D- well, so, yeah, okay, cool. ...democratic system. Good. So it's not autocracy. Boom, there you go. We don't like autocracy around here. Thank you very much. Which two of the following are environmental charities? Environmental charities. Is it crisis? Is it the National Trust? Is it Friends of the Earth? Is it PDSA? I want to say Friends of the Earth and the National Trust. They are environmental tra- uh, charities. Yes, you're right. Okay, the National Trust is probably the big one because a lot of our public old buildings, like um, wonderful old, uh, beautiful old houses and yes. uh, um, manor houses and castles and things, a lot of them are owned by the National Trust and they're open to the public. Yeah. And uh, the National Trust runs like a charity so that if you uh, want to visit one of these houses, you, you actually pay money. Essentially, you're rather it's not really an entry fee. It's a, a donation to the charity yeah. and they help to protect the, the, these properties. It's a good thing. Um, which flag has a diagonal red cross on a white background? Diagonal red cross... On a white background. No, no. Diagonal red cross. Diagonal red cross. Yeah. No, a, no, no. It's not. A, it's Wales. On a white background. No, I don't know. Wait, Wales? Hasn't Wales got a, uh, yeah, a, no, a dragon it's not, on it? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's Is it the cross of St. George? No. Is it the cross of St. Patrick, patron saint of uh, Wales? It might be St. Patrick. Is it the cross of St. David, patron saint of Wales? Is it the cross of St. Andrew, it's not Saint patron Andrew. saint of Scotland? So it's either Ireland or Wales, isn't it? Oh, it's a tough one. Actually, because the Welsh Welsh flag is a dragon, but the what's the flag of the patron saint? Yeah, I've got a feeling it might be Wales, the patron saint of I, because Ireland isn't it? Isn't it like the English flag? I think but, it is, but slightly different. Yeah, it I'm going to go. I'm going to go for for Wales. For Wales. Oh damn! It was Ireland. Was it? 
The cross of St. Patrick, patron saint of Ireland, is a diagonal red cross on a white background. But pow, I've got an Irish passport, flag, so I don't need <laughs> Flag of, um, what's the patron saint of Wales? St. David. It's David, isn't it? Yeah. Flag of St. David. It's black with a yellow cross. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Didn't know that either. Did not know that. But it doesn't matter because... Yeah, I've never we, needed we, we, to know no, that. No, no one needs to know that either because you've got... Ireland's got a flag. Northern Ireland's got a flag. England's got a flag. Scotland's got a flag. Wales has got a flag. The UK has a flag as well. We, They're the flags that you need to know. You don't, don't need, need to know, to know the, the patron, patron saint no. flags. All you need to know is that St. Patrick is green. Okay. That's all, he's a green man that drinks a lot of Guinness. That's all you need to know. <laughs> he chased all the snakes out of Ireland. Exactly. As you also need to know that. Where is the city of Swansea located? Wales. Bada bang, bada bing, correct. Next. When is Christmas Eve celebrated? 24th. Bang. Bada bing, bada bang. That's yes. for the Muslims, that question. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, we're a Christian nation. <laughs> Never forget it. <laughs> when is Boxing Day celebrated? Which British sportsman won five consecutive gold medals at the Olympic Greg Games Redgrave. in the rowing category. Greg, uh, Greg, uh, uh, Redgrave. Red, Steve Redgrave. Steve, Sir Steve Redgrave. All right, Sir Steve it's Redgrave. The correct answer. Well Pow. done. This is like a pub quiz now. It is. It's not <laughs> fucking British citizen tip test. It's a fucking pub quiz. <laughs> Next question. What is the name of the centrepiece to the Remembrance Day service? Located in Whitehall, London. So it's a kind it's of. It's the statue of the fallen women. Um, uh, fallen uh, fallen what's, soldiers. What, yeah, something like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a. a cenotaph. There we the go. Cenotaph. Yes, you're right. The cenotaph Stonehenge. is. Stonehenge. Stonehenge, <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> in, so the cenotaph is like a kind of a monument which uh, is there to help us remember those people who died during the world wars. Um, and it's called the cenotaph and it's in Whitehall. And in November, on the 11th of November, there's a, uh, a ceremony in which, um, you know, uh, poppies are laid down on the cenotaph as a way of remembering the people who lost their lives during the wars. Okay. Um, question 14. Who was the inventor of the World Wide Web? Uh, Tim Ber- uh, Berners-Lee Berners- Tim Berners-Lee yeah. Yes, correct answer British I didn't even know what the other options were Invented What the options? The Peter Mansfield, isn't he a comedian? No, what, Peter Mansfield, what did he do? Never mind Wilmore, Berners, okay The main thing, obviously, that the test wants us to know Is that the, when- the internet was British Exactly It's a British invention Exactly For good or bad What does the UK offer to its residents or citizens? <laughs> choose, choose five answers five so does it offer these things freedom of belief and religion wait hold on one of the five well you got what? one two three four five there are six options you so one of them isn't five. okay so does the uk offer freedom of belief and religion yeah. to its citizens yes does it offer freedom of speech yeah does it offer free university tuition fees no does it offer freedom from unfair discrimination yeah does it offer a right to a free trial uh, to a fair trial yes does it offer a right to join in the election of a government? Oh, what? Can you vote? Yeah. Right. So it's just tu- university tuition fees are not free. Yeah. I, we yes. all know something about that. Correct. When did the Wars of the Roses start? Oh. 1388. 1455, 1462, or 1478. This is a sort of civil war between um, the Lancastrians and the the Yorks, wasn't it? Ooh. I'll, I'll check the Wikipedia page in a minute, but when did it begin? Have you got uh, any idea? I've got absolutely zero idea. What was the, what are the things? 1388, 1455, 1462, 1478. No, my dad, can I find a friend? No. Can I ask my dad? No, you can't. No, I have no idea. Quickly. Uh, 30, uh, f- 1462. 1462. 
is wrong. It's, it, in 1455, a civil war was begun to decide who should be king of England. It was fought between the supporters of two families, the House of Lancaster and the House of York. I was right. This war was called the Wars of the Roses because the symbol of Lancaster was a red rose and the symbol of York was a white rose. Just uh, FYI, that was the, uh, uh, the, um, the synopsis for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Really? The Wars of the Roses? Yeah, it, yeah, so. yeah, it probably was. Like, <laughs> it sort of, sounds like it. Uh, kingdoms fighting each other and stuff. Yeah, two houses. Yeah. Thank God that there, were, there was a big war in which loads of people were, were killed, because exactly. if, that, if those people hadn't died, we wouldn't have got Game of Thrones. Exactly. Those people laid down their lives for Game so of Thrones. That, so that we could watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> How many members does the Scottish Parliament have? Ugh. 60, 90, 120, 129. I've got absolutely no Scottish idea. Scottish Parliament. 60, 90, 120 or... Uh, 60? Uh, what I don't like about this is it the first three are going up by uh, uh, 30 every time. 60, 90, 120. And then the last one is 129. 129. Yeah. Whoa, why break from the pattern? Yeah. 60, 90, 120 or 129. What's the correct answer? I, I'm tempted to go for 129. Just because it's the other one out. Just because like, whoa, why, why, why that specific number? I'm going for that. It's correct. <coughs> We beat the system there, Paul. Yeah. We, we outthought the, the test. So, question 18. We've got six questions left. Seven after seven, including this one. If no political party wins a majority... Wait a minute. You've got six, including this one. Maths are important. If no political party wins a majority... What does the term coalition... Uh, yeah. What does the term coalition refer to? If there's a coalition, coalition government... Yeah. If no political party wins a majority, a new election is held to vote for one of the top two parties no. only. Okay, so it's not just like, let's have another election. Yeah, no. The candidate who gets the most votes is elected. No. No. If no political party wins a majority, two parties may join and govern together. Correct. If an MP dies or resigns, <laughs> there will be a fresh election. Fr- fr- fresh. Fr- 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 it's, it's, it's two parties can join together yeah. if no one wins. And rule it's, the galaxy. It's, it's, and, join the, and rule the galaxy as father, father and son. And son. Um, the public can listen to debates in the Palace of Westminster from public galleries in both the House of Commons and the House of Lords. So can the public go in and listen to the debates? Yeah, I believe they can. Okay. I know they can in the House of Commons. I'm not sure about the yeah. House of Lords. True. Yeah. Well done. You're doing all right. I'm not doing too badly, am I? Pool and darts are traditional pub games. True or false? Can it, 100% true. That's a good question. That's a good... I mean, that is what you need to know. Yeah, they're the question. They're the important question. It's like on my stand-up show when a French when I when I make fun of the phrase "my tailor is rich" because uh, that's my last name, and French people learn the phrase "my tailor is rich, but my English is poor." I'm like, that's a they, useless phrase. They learn that phrase in their English lessons. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm like, that's a, they, that's why your English is so shit in France is because you're learning phrases that aren't useful. What you need to learn are phrases that are useful. Like it's my round. That's a useful phrase, yeah. which means yeah. it's my turn to buy the drinks. Or excuse me, can I have a pint of lager, please? <laughs> exactly. Like in that, with that intonation. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me, can I have a pint of lager, please? Yeah. Thanks. Like that, that, they need to learn that intonation exactly. before they learn, my tailor is rich, but my English is poor. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, pool and darts are traditional pub games, is true. Now, I'm glad they put that one in there because, you know, people do go to pubs and stuff. But what, honestly, though... Why would you need to know that? Because you would, if you, you would, go, you will find that, went, that out. If you went into a pub with like some English guys and they were like, "Hey, uh, Pedro, do you want to play pool?" 
And Pedro goes, is this a traditional game? And they're like, not really. No, I don't want to play then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, does, why is it important? <laughs> that it's a traditional game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Useless. When did the UK join the European Economic Community, the EEC? Uh, this is before it became the European Union. Hold on. How much, ti- how much time do you have? I don't know. Let me just call. Uh, the wife is calling, that's why. Okay. I'll pause uh, the podcast. Hello. Hi. Where's, say hi. To, say, say hi to hi. the li- <laughs> listeners of Luke's English Podcast. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Paul's wife. <laughs> What's happening here is that Paul has just received a call from his wife, um, and she's French. So you're about to hear her and Paul having a little chat in French. And basically what they're talking about is that uh, she, for some reason, needs to know something about Paul's younger brother. Now, Paul's younger brother is actually a professional football player. You might not know that. But uh, his younger brother plays football professionally for the Premiership football team, Bournemouth Football Club. He's actually uh, in the under-21s teams, uh, because I'm not sure how old uh, Kyle is. I think he's about 20 or 21, so he's pretty young. So he plays for the under-21 team. But um, anyway, uh, Paul's wife is asking Paul something about um, his uh, younger brother, Okay, just so that you know what's going on. And you can just hear a bit of Paul's French as well before they switch to English again. Okay, right, good. Let's carry on. Um, ça va? Ouais, c'était... Ouais, ouais. Merde, c'est fini, moi, comme il était 5h30. Non, non, we're almost done. C'est juste parce que... Thomas me demande euh, le nom de ton petit frère euh, pour l'annoncer. Euh, ouais. Pour annoncer ta venue, en fait. Ils, ils vont. Je sais pas. Bah. As-tu le nom du frère de Paul hein, qui joue en Ligue 1 en Angleterre Ils veulent le citer pour annoncer la venue de Paul. Ok. Et donc, du coup, c'est bien Calcalor pour Bournemouth. Born, ouais. Et surtout, et il joue en. Il est quoi Il est en. Parce que tu sais, tu m'avais expliqué qu'il y a les jeunes, il y a les. Ouais, enfin, il, il est. Enfin, il, il est. Je sais pas. Il, là, il va. Je crois que samedi, là, il va faire sa, sa première. Ouais, il est dans l'équipe. Euh, il joue pour eux. Euh, pour. Enfin, euh, je sais pas comment dire. Je sais pas. En français, j'ai aucune idée. Euh, il, il est dans l'équipe. Euh, Mais c'est quoi le, le terme en anglais Je vais lui mettre. Uh, I think it, I don't know. I think it's under 21s. Uh, uh, okay, well, uh, uh, ouais, si tu vas sur uh, if you go on if you go on Bournemouth's website, Born, Bournemouth AFC, um, AFC Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth. Oh, pissant. There we go. I think it's under 21s. Under 21s, AFC Bournemouth. Yeah, he, he's he's in the under 21s, but he's uh, il, est, il joue pour les moins 21, uh, mais ouais. il, il joue aussi. Enfin, uh, il, il, il s'entraîne avec les, la. Il s'entraîne avec la. Ouais, voilà, c'est bon, on s'en fout de. Allez, all right, bye, bye. <laughs> so that was your wife asking about um, like your your brother and what he does. Yeah. Uh, and wondering like what's, <laughs> the, what's <laughs> the official name of the football team he plays for? Yeah, it's Bournemouth which is a team in the Premier League, but he doesn't play for the... He's He, he hasn't had his Premier League debut yet because he's young. He's 18. Uh, but my listeners don't know this, that your brother is a professional footballer in England. And yeah, he plays for Bournemouth. Yeah. But as you said, not the not the first team that's in the Premiership, but the under-21s The under-21s. Team. He has played with the first team in a cup match. Yeah. And he's supposed to have uh, his debut, apparently. Uh, my dad texted me this morning. 
Uh, where is the text? Uh, Dad, Kyle hopefully finally have his uh, debut on Sunday at Burnley, which is amazing because on Sunday I'm giving out an award at a football ceremony. Yeah. Um, uh, which is uh, which is going to be interesting. It's a big day for football on Sunday, where Paul Taylor will be giving out an award to um, you know a a French the, footballer, the French footballing stars, and at the same time, his brother will be making his Premiership debut for Bournemouth against Burnley. Exactly. Is he going to score? Burnley? They, are they even in the Premier League? Apparently, apparently, apparently. Is is Kyle your brother, Kyle Taylor, ladies yes. and gents? If football fans, you can check him out. On, on just go if you go to yeah, AFC, Instagram afcb.co.uk or uh, Instagram yeah Instagram he's on Instagram Kyle Taylor Kyle Taylor there he is uh, a future footballing legend do you think he'll play for England one day maybe that would be good I don't know apparently he's pretty good I've not seen him play I've seen him play when he was a kid but I've not seen him play recently just because our schedules don't really work out mm-hmm. um, but Your schedules uh, he's, uh, he's Kyle t- Kyle underscore Taylor 26 what a stupid uh <laughs> handle name that he's got there Kyle uh, underscore Taylor 26 yeah and he's, um, he's on he's, Instagram he's got he's Check got 1100 followers so he's still you know he's still young he's earning more money than me though which is uh, of course he is he's got his, yeah I saw some of the cars in the car park at Bournemouth um, when you took a video there oh yeah yeah, yeah. some very flashy cars yeah. in the car park anyway the citizenship test yes Paul, keep going we've got to finish this We've got to do this. Come on. Okay. Are you ready to answer a question about the UK and the European economic community? Oh, when did when, it join? When did the UK join the yeah, EEC? What are the options? The, the uh, 57, no. 63, yes. 73, no. 77. It, uh, 70, oh, I think it's 73 or 77. Quickly. Oh, bollocks. Uh, s- let's do 77. 77, you say? Mm. You're wrong. Fuck, it was 73. 73. At first, the UK did not wish to join the EEC, but eventually it did so in 1973. So it was set up in, in sort of post-war period, I think in the 50s. And England was like, no, 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 thanks. No, we don't want to join your European club. Thank you very much. And then they were like, no, 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 no. And then at some point, they were like, actually, we'd quite like to join. Yeah. And uh, I think it was de Gaulle or, or one of the, the French uh, president was like, no, the English can't uh, join because oh, really? they're toxic, he said. <laughs> and so he blocked us. And then later on, we, we managed to get in. We in got 19- in and now we're, now we're out. Well, and, now, and now we're, we're, we're attempting to extract ourselves from it. And, oh dear. What a nightmare. Anyway, uh, n- question 22. Yeah. What is the minimum age requirement in the UK to drink wine or beer with hey. a meal? With a meal. What? What is the minimum age requirement in the UK to drink wine or beer with a meal, provided you are with someone over 18? I don't think it matters. I think it's still 18. Do you know? What's the, what are the options? 14. No. Nope. 15. No. Nope. 16. I, 17. What? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? If you just go into a pub and you go to the bar and you order a drink, you have to be 18. Yeah. If you are accompanied by someone who is an adult and, and you're, you're having food, you are, you're allowed to have booze. I'll say 16 then. Okay. That's crazy. I thought it was... There a- you go. It's correct. So you can drink when you're 16 if you're with an adult and you've got food. Okay. Well, that's, that's the way. A, a that's a that's a recent law, though. No, it's not. No, that was that was there when I was um, really 16. because well because yeah. so if I'd have known that on my 18th birthday, yeah. I'd have organised everything a lot differently. Yeah, that's a loophole. Yeah, that's, it, a, that's a legal loophole. Yeah, on my 18th birthday, because I'm in October, everyone in my school year was older than uh, younger than me. Yeah. Uh, so when but, on my 18th birthday, when we tried to go to a couple of pubs, we couldn't get in because yeah. it, they they asked for ID, and uh, we all looked really young anyway. So I, I got my ID out, but 
they were all 17, so we couldn't get it. So we ended up going to a, a supermarket, buying lots of beer, and s- sitting by the canal in the pouring rain um, to celebrate my 18th birthday. What I would have done now is that I've gone into the Weatherspoons pub um, and uh, said, oh, no, we're just going to have some food. Um, exactly. And ordered then, a plate of mashed potato and sausages. Yeah, and 20 uh, beers. For, for 20 people. <laughs> Uh, one, yeah, we know we're going to share it between twenty of us. Yeah, and then we'll have twenty. No, we'll have forty pints of beer as exactly. well. Please, there's the loophole. Oh, oh okay. Question twenty-three. By the way, this test that we're reading from this is not the. This is not. These are not the only questions. This yes. is just a sample of yeah. many possible questions. Yeah. Who is the spiritual leader of the Church of England? The spiritual leader of the Church of England. Archbishop of Banterbury. <laughs> Uh, The Archbishop of Banterbury Banter, ladies and gentlemen Is the informal word for humorous uh, Chat between friends They call it banter Like what Paul and I are engaging in here (laughs) In this episode of the podcast Classic banter on the podcast Bant mates, like proper bant Banter The The Archbishop of Canterbury, you mean Or is it the Pope? Is it St. Augustine? Or is it St. St. Augustine or St. Columbia? I'm going to go for the Columba. Archbishop. Columba? The Archbishop of my hometown, Canterbury. Of course, it's the Archbishop of Canterbury. Because in England, we have our own church because of Henry VIII and all that stuff. We, he broke away from Rome and the Anglican church was set up and it basically gave us more power, more control and all that sort of thing. We're all about taking back control, aren't we, in, in England? Yeah, we love it. We love a bit of control. Uh, civil servants cannot stand for public office. Civil servants cannot stand for public office. So basically, if you work for the state, let's say you're a civil servant in Whitehall, just a an administrator, like yeah. someone who, some dude who does paperwork in yeah. the government, you can't you can't become a member of parliament. I'm gonna say true because it might be a conflict of interest. Because members of parliament also have jobs, like you can be a shop owner and you can run for your for, mm. for office. But if you are a, a civil servant, if you work uh, for the, uh, the state administration, you can't do it. You, you think it's you think it's true? Uh, I think it's true. Yeah. Okay, what a dr- what a boring question to end the quiz on. Is that the last question? Yeah. Oh. You think it's true? You're, you're right. Okay, now I hope and pray that the test is going to tell us whether you passed or not. Finished quiz. Whoa! You failed the test! No! I failed it. 17 questions out of 24 were answered correctly. You got 70.83%. You failed the test. Wait, what, what, what percentage do you need to pass? Hold on, I'm Googling. New, new exam. Go on. All right, well, that's it. Uh, but now I, I cannot be British anymore, so uh, uh, because I failed the test, donc, uh, I will speak to you uh, forever uh, like this with this accent uh, because I cannot get the British uh, passport and uh, merde. You need 75% or more. Oh, to so the close. Test. So, what did I get? 73 point something? 70.83, I think. Just over 70%. Ah, oh, gutted. So sorry, Paul. Um, Britain is closing its doors to you. It's the history. It's the history. As I said, that's the thing that no one cares about. Who cares when the tectonic plates (laughs) fucking separated? Uh, Who cares? Can I just... Give some comments on uh, on this test. Yeah. So these are criticisms of the test. Yeah. Okay? So first of all, on top what, of mine. Yeah, we've already said this, but I'm just going to summarise it. Yeah. Here. So while it is obviously good to know facts about a country's history, what is the true purpose of a citizenship test? It's there to ensure that people understand the values of that country and that they know practical knowledge of daily life in order to help them to integrate into society. The questions in the test seem a bit arbitrary. 
like just random moments of history and also a little bit inconsistent in some cases. Fair enough, there are questions about certain key moments in our history and in our political system, but a lot of important things are missed. For example, the number of elected representatives in the devolved parliaments, but not the number of MPs in commons. And also, there's a question in there apparently about the height of the London Eye. Why do you need to know how high the London Eye is? Um, They won't help people integrate. They won't really help people just get by on a daily basis. It also doesn't educate people about history. There's no interpretation of why these things are important. If anything, it will just piss people off. <laughs> so they'll, be, they'll arrive in the UK Who's and this? they'll be annoyed. Who wrote that? Me. Oh, it's you. Okay. What? Sorry, I thought it was some. I thought it was an actual comment by like somebody who'd taken the test. No, no, this is just me summarising okay. uh, yep. what people, other people had said. Yeah, about yeah. It. Okay. What might be more helpful would be teaching people a few social rules, like for example, how to order a drink in a pub, Correct. maybe, or just the do's and don'ts of you know social interactions. Yeah. Teaching people about common culture so that they know what the hell British people are talking about exactly. half the time. Or teaching people the essential basics of how to live, like, for example, the bank holiday system, or how to phone for an ambulance, or how British people might be shocked by things like animal rights or animal cruelty or or, or racial or sexist jokes. Correct. Um, It's all wrapped up in politics, and perhaps the people who wrote the test didn't do it to help migrants. Correct. Maybe they're not trying to help the migrants. Maybe they're trying to make life difficult for the migrants. Yeah, I think they are. Um, so what would you include in the citizenship test? We talked about that already. Um, I found something, Paul, called the real citizenship te- I, test. I think there should be like sound stuff or music stuff that you play like a song. It's like, who's this band? Yeah. The Beatles. Great. Good answer. You're allowed in. Yeah. Like, well, uh, <coughs> uh, name f- 10 of, uh, name five lines from Bohemian Rhapsody by yeah. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Here's something from a website <laughs> called uh, realcitizenshiptest.co.uk. Oh, and they've created some good questions. Yeah, and this is, this is made How can up. we take this? Yeah. The test is devised mostly by users on Twitter who sent in their suggestions. Right, okay. For what they thought That's would an be amazing idea. Uh, a good, uh, good yep. set of questions. I think it's just about 10 questions. All right, let's do it. So, please complete the following question. It's nice to see you. To see you. Nice. Right. It's nice to see you. To see you nice is the correct answer. Now, what's that, Paul? Uh, It's a catchphrase from a British TV presenter called Bruce Forsyth, who used to have a TV show called The Price is Right. No, it's The Generation Game. Oh, is it The Generation Game? Yeah. Okay. A game show that was on Saturday evening. Okay. And every single person in the country watched it. Yeah. And so it's just, it it was just, he would open up. He would arrive and be like, hello, everyone. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. To see you. And then the whole audience would go, nice. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and children. Welcome to the Generation Game. Nice to see you. To see you. There we are. Nice to see you. To see you. Nice. So everyone in the country knows that. Bruce Forsyth died uh, recently. recently. Yeah, yeah. 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 A bit of a legend. He really, was a bit of a legend. Guy. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was, he was a, a dancer, an entertainer. And he uh, wasn't a paedophile, apparently. And, he, so. a, and not a paedophile. Which is great. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, Somebody on the BBC who wasn't. <laughs> uh, what, next question. What is the correct response when someone drops a tray in the middle of a canteen? <laughs> so that you're in a canteen yeah. and someone has got a tray with some plates and, c- and glasses on it and they drop it and smash hey! Hey! What's it? What? so is it laughter is it applause or is it to offer offer to help them clean up applause it's applause yes that's right it's the correct answer we do that don't we if someone drops yeah. a glass you go hey yeah. Oppa. <laughs> but in France they don't do that 
It's no. just silence and yeah. judgment. Yeah. <laughs> and in Greek, it's oppa. Is it? Yeah, they smash plates. Oh, that's right, of course. Now, it says, next question, please study the photograph below. And oh. there's a photograph of two guys who are famous TV... Why, There are two guys who are famous television presenters... From Newcastle? Two of the f- most famous TV presenters on UK TV. They've been on the TV... Welcome to I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out, get of, me here. out of Here. Get Me Out of Here. Get Me Out of Here. Get Me Out of Here. I'm a Celebrity, they're, they're on... UK. Saturday Night Takeaway. Britain's Got Talent. Pat, my mum was telling me about uh, Ant, that he's... Uh, Wait a minute, who are the people in the picture? Ant and Deck. Ant and Deck. Right, they're just an institution. Anthony McPartland and Declan, Declan Mc- Donnelly. Declan Donnelly, that's it. Yeah, so Anton uh, Deck, very famous uh, television presenters. They used to be in a in a soap opera called Bike a Grove. Bike a Grove. Bike a Grove, which was about a, a, a sort of a social um, uh, center for young people, and it was like a soap opera. Yes, and Anton Deck were actors in the show. Correct, and they went on to have like a little pop music mini rap career, a pop music career where they did a rap and they became pop stars and then they became TV presenters and they're super famous and one of them recently has been involved in drug issues yeah Ants lost it apparently and, and the, the like all the TV deals have been cancelled and whatever and because blah blah he, blah he got he got addicted to prescription medication or alcohol so. yeah, or something like that a real mess my mum was pretty uh, disappointed sad story yeah so she's so my mum's seen him and now yeah. my mum is like you be careful Paul you're drinking too much alcohol in your fucking vlogs because <laughs> <laughs> I drink beer in, in a lot of my the, vlogs the difference is though that Anton Deck have been um, they've built their career as clean family entertainers yes that's you, the difference you have not built your no, career no exactly your, your breakthrough TV show was <laughs> called What the Fuck France <laughs> So you, there's no danger of you be you you. Um, if it's like Paul's doing drugs, it's like yeah, yeah, of course he is. Uh, we totally expected that. I'm one, not doing drugs, people. No, he's not doing drugs, but he is doing a lot of beer. My drug sure. is happiness, is, is laughter, ha- <laughs> happiness. <laughs> which one is Ant and which one is Deck, though? Uh, Ant's the one on the left. Deck is the one on the right. Ant left, deck right. I think you're right. So, uh, next question. Do you want salt and vinegar? <laughs> of course I want salt and vinegar. Of course you do. Yes, you do. Uh, when would you be asked if you want salt and vinegar? Two questions. One fish and chips, salt and vinegar. Yeah. Uh, also, crisps. Salt yeah. and vinegar crisps. We have flavours of crisps. Those bags of potato snacks. You eat them when you're drinking your beer in the pub. Uh, or your wine if you if you want um, and salt and vinegar crisps also we put salt and vinegar on our chips from the chippy from the chip shop correct and uh, do you want salt and vinegar yes you do some people don't take vinegar yeah they, 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 they should be shot <laughs> more people <laughs> just cut down the just population cut, just get, get rid of them keep cutting the population down when does the DFS sale come to an end when does the DFS sale come to an end uh, it never comes to an end <laughs> So the, what's the answer? The when hell freezes over, at the end of the year and in the next seven days. Uh, Ooh, well, it's got to be when hell. And when hell freezes over, yeah. yeah. So never, basically. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a it's a, a furniture store that always says uh, you can buy your new sofa, three piece sofa. It was nine nine nine. It's now four nine nine, but only until Sunday. And then on Monday, the new TV advert says exactly the same thing. The new DFS sale is now on, fr- with discounts from. Uh, 90% off from 90% yeah. off. So one sofa is 90% off. All the others are 1% off. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing sofas from 199, meaning there's one sofa. Now, if you were to tell me what the DFS stand for, I don't know. Uh, Something. De- the furniture store. <laughs> what does DFS stand for? I bet it's like. Direct furnishing supplies. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a furnishing supplier. Direct right. furnishing supplies. All right. 
Uh, Next wait, question. Wait, I've lost, I love I've this. Lost it. I love this quiz. Where's the test? It's gone? incredible. I've lost the test on my browser. Where is it? Why have you got so many tabs open? Just because I'm a busy man. All right. Um, when hell freezes over. So the Correct. DFS sale is always on with amazing discounts from 199. They always say the number of they they say the price of the sofa like that 199 because they think yeah. stupid people will think it's it's. If you say 199, you're like, oh, 199, yeah. that's a big number. 199, oh, only 199. now 599. That's right. Only 599? That doesn't sound like much. Yeah. Whereas 599, oh, no thanks. Yeah. It's far too much. Please complete the following question. Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Who do, do you, you think, think you are kidding, Mr. Ah, oh, what are the options? Come on, Paul. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, uh, who, who do you think you are kidding, Mr. When you think... Oh, I've completely So, who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler? Hitler. Is it Hitler? It is Hitler. Is it Hitler? It is Hitler. So, let's see. What's that all about then, Paul? Who do you think you're kidding, Mr. Hitler? And it's either, is it Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Hitler, Mr. Kipling, or Mr. T? I was going to say, Hitler was my first, I was going to say Hitler straight away, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure anymore, because, you know, things... In some know. places, Hitler is a, is a taboo word. Yeah, I in France. In some places, it's very much a taboo thing to talk about Hitler. Yeah. We have a slightly different sort of uh, uh, culture of it in the UK. Obviously, we take Hitler seriously, but there but is... Because we kick their asses. But because we feel like we won Yeah, we feel war. like we feel like we won the we war. We feel like we won the war, so we're a we bit more relaxed yeah. about the idea of Hitler. Well, and it's also... So, like in France, we didn't send Jews to concentration camps. Right. So, right, we don't right. have the stigma around that, like, yeah, collaboration the, stuff. The, the, the Nazis never actually really invaded the UK, so we never have the complication yeah. of, like, you know... In France, who, it's a pretty who, who, taboo which subject. people collaborated with them and which people didn't. So, in some places, like, for example, France, it's a lot more complicated. And as, as a result, people are a lot more uncomfortable with the, with the subject and yeah. with the name Hitler and the word Nazi and yeah. those things. But uh, um, in the UK, we... It was we, a... Yeah, we were okay So, the song uh, was... I don't know where the song's from. It was it was a TV show, a comedy show, which um, is a sort of a national institution called Dad's Army. That's it. And Dad's Army was all about. Uh, it was set during the World War, World War Two, um, when most of our soldiers, our young men who were who'd been enlisted in the army, were off abroad fighting at home. Who was left at home to look after? and protect uh, the country it was the home guards the home guard was basically uh, made up of uh, re- retired men like old men essentially gray-haired right. old retired granddads okay so basically dad's army is about an army made up of granddads <laughs> and they're all really slow and senile and it's very very funny and touching but the opening titles have this song called who do you think you're kidding mr hitler um and um who do you think you're kidding is a bit like saying, come on, Hitler, um, you don't stand a chance against us. Yeah. Um, I want the lyrics. Uh, let's see. It goes like this. Who do you think you're kidding, Mr. Hitler, if you think that we're on the run? We're the boys who will stop your little game. We're the boys who will make you think again. Because who do you think you're kidding, Mr. Hitler, if you think old England is done? So, you know, it's a feel-good thing. Uh, because the Brits like to remember the fact that the, the Nazis never properly beat us. I mean, technically, uh, it's probably because the Russians and the, and the Americans, um, uh, you know, joined the war and that made life rather difficult for Hitler. Yeah. So we were, you know, a little bit lucky. We didn't beat them all on our own. The Russians and the Americans were... Here we go. Yeah, here it is. The theme tune coming up. Presents 
The full Dad's Army theme song. Come on. Your phone is being very slow. I've got it here. Okay. That is, that is the sound of a Saturday evening uh, at about 6pm tea time in England when I was growing up as a kid. And it's the sort of show that my granddad used to love watching. To be fair, it is actually a very charming and very uh, funny and very witty uh, show. Um, and, um, you know, it's old fashioned. It was made during the, I guess, the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So very old fashioned, but still charming. And it's amazing funny. how, like, only 20 years later, we were, we were already making fun of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 20 years later, we were making uh, jokes about it and sitcoms about it. Yeah, I guess that's the way we do it in the UK. We just like to make jokes about things as a way of dealing with them. That's how we deal with things. We just sort of make jokes. It's how we deal with life. That's how we uh, roll. All right, next question. The UK is experiencing very hot weather. The headline on the Sun newspaper reads this Phew, what a. Phew, like phew. Okay. Phew, what a. Hmm. Hmm. Missing, what's the missing word? Is it few, what a relief? Is it few, what a pair of baps? Or is it few, what a scorcher? Uh, it's specifically the Sun. The Sun newspaper? Okay, or, yeah, few, sun. what a pair of baps? Uh, uh, no, you're wrong, Paul. Wait, hold Sorry. on, wait. Where are you? The UK is experiencing very hot weather. There's a heat wave in England. and the sun Oh, what a scorcher, yeah. Phew, what a scorcher. Yes, yeah, that's sorry. right. Whenever there is a, a, a heat wave in England, the Sun newspaper will always put on their uh, front page, Phew, what a scorcher. What a scorcher. Like, wow, what a hot day. Yeah. Phew, what a scorcher. It's also a, a thing we use uh, in football when, when people score an amazing goal. Right, what, what a, a scorcher. scorcher. Yeah, and uh, what a pair of baps. Uh, it's maybe the sort of thing you get in the Sun. Cause baps, page three. Baps means boobs. Um, it's like a slang word for boobs and few what a pair of baps yeah because the sun they do have uh, they do Do they still do that they don't have naked breasts on page three anymore Uh, but they've got a woman in bikini or something I think they have a woman still like even with all the all the all the me too too stuff with all of the 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 sexual uh, uh, gender issues going on the sun is still obsessed with boobs yeah all right it is next um You've met a girl from Greece. What might she have a thirst for? Mm-hmm. Uh, met a, I met a girl from Greece. She had a thirst for. Met a girl from Greece. She had a thirst for. Mm-mm. It's a song. Yeah. Oh, okay. That she one. Had I thirst, she, she had a thirst for knowledge. She had a thirst for Retsina. <laughs> she had a thirst for European financial assistance. <laughs> It's got to be the first one, isn't it? I don't know. It is. Do you know the song? No. I met a girl from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. No? No. Who's that? Bye. Pulp, man. Is it? Jarvis. There you go. It's my first fail. Pulp. Um, what's it called? Let's... Uh, 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 common people. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Come on, man. Yeah, I, it rings a bell. Come but your singing's terrible, so. Yeah, 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 terrible. terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So the song is all about how this guy, Jarvis, met this student who was from Greece, a foreign student, and she was 
obsessed with sort of learning about common people, working class people in England. Yeah. And uh, so she was like obsessed with sort of uh, uh, learning about him and and sleeping with him stuff. And, and he was kind of he was kind of like didn't really understand uh, and found it mildly offensive, you know. Uh, and the, the, I'll play a little bit of the song. But the, the first line is quite well known. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. She studied she studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's yeah. where I caught her eye. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so that deserves I didn't know that, one. that deserves an episode that was of just the podcast, a, that one. Yeah, that was just a um a, a lucky guess for me. Yeah. You're at a football match. Yep. How might supporters of the opposing team be going home? You're at a football match. How would the supporters of the opposite team, how would they be going home? By, by bus. So is it in a fucking ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's or, the correct answer. On a delayed train or promptly? I don't know. All three, I think. It's, it's, it's in a fucking ambulance because there's a song. Uh, You're going home in a fucking ambulance. <laughs> You're going home in a fucking ambulance, which is what uh, football supporters shout at each other. Right, yeah, yeah. You're going home in a fucking ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> On a delayed train. This is, the, this is the final question. Which Second World War relic is housed in the Albert Hall? Is it a Spitfire? Is it one of Hitler's testicles? Oh. Or is it a gas mask? I feel like it's one of Hitler's testicles, isn't it's it? It's the correct answer. Do you know why? No. We've got is it s- actually, though? No, of course not. Right. <laughs> I'd love the uh, love it if there was like a glass container with, in, a, in like a, a, a glass box with one of Hitler's balls. Yeah. Okay. So what's the story? Because no, I think during the war... The, the Albert Hall being what? The Albert Hall is... The Royal Albert Hall. Right, it's, it's, a a Royal, concert, okay. it's a concert. I'm going to go watch Bill Burr there next month. Right. It's an amazing concert venue built during the Victorian period next to Hyde Park. Yeah. Um, near, near, not far from Piccadilly. Right. Uh, sort of near Kensington. Um, <laughs> near London. Yeah, in London, yeah. Near London, near England, near Britain, <laughs> near the UK, near Europe, near Earth. Um, so, yeah, the, the song, I don't know quite what the origin of the song is. I think it's from World War Two because, you know, obviously during World War Two, English people were... Uh, you know, trying to uh, make fun of Hitler in order to, you know, discredit the guy in order to try and win the war mentally, if if not physically. And so, you know, even kids were singing rude songs about him. Yeah. And the song goes, Hitler has only got one ball. The other <laughs> is in the Albert Hall. Uh, His mother, the dirty bugger, she chopped it off when he was four. Okay. I think that's it. There you go. There you go. All right. They, I remember. The, not, I know. I, I knew the first line of that, but I didn't know. I, I. I. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that people have been triggered and offended by the fact we've mentioned Hitler several times. Ah, uh, maybe. Uh, but you know what? It's part. I mean, you can't not. It's, it it's is just. There, you know, it's part of English. And we're not. We're not um, condoning it. I'm just saying that that is something that young kids. It's something used that to happened, and, and it's, it's kind of something that everyone knows, except if you're Paul Taylor, because yeah. he's you know he's mainly Irish, uh, mainly just European. Yes, exactly. He's a citizen of the world. Yeah, take the test. Let's do Let's it. See. Ten out of ten. Pow. Boom. We're full English, mate. Yeah, full English breakfast. 
English um, brec- Brexit. To foolish, foolish, couldn't speak well. my language. So um, I've That's got a much more. better test. I've got way more, but I'm going to have to save those for another time. Yeah. Uh, so Paul, I'm afraid the official citizenship test you, you failed, but mm-hmm. we don't believe in it, and so uh, no. as a result, I think that we should lobby. It's for all you a to load of bollocks. You, we think you should stay. You should be allowed to stay, and in any case, um, it's all a load of bollocks. Correct, isn't it? Okay. Anything to add at the end here? Uh, no, uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that, uh, and uh, yeah, I, did, I, did you learn anything? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've forgotten it all though. Yeah. Like ten thousand years ago, apparently we were stuck to Europe. I might use that in 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 some sort of r- random fact comedy uh-huh. sort of thing. Yeah, uh, if I ever do Brexit material, which I probably won't, because I'm not a political comedian. Uh, but you know, you never know. Yeah. Okay. You never know. Have you forgotten anything that you knew before you started the quiz? I mean, do you feel like your general level of knowledge is higher or lower than it was? Oh, higher. Uh, t- uh, an hour and a half ago. Yeah, higher. higher. Okay, good, good. But right. it, it probably will all disappear in the next few hours. Yes. Okay. When, oh. when you when you start drinking beer. Exactly. No, I'm. I'm good. I cannot do alcohol. Yeah, today. you've got to cut down on the booze a little bit. Jeez. There. Follow. You know, Mum knows best. Yeah. You're drinking too much beer, Paul. Paul Francis James Taylor. Don't want you to be alcohol. You need to calm down. Calm you're, yourself down. You're, do, you're working too hard. You're gonna find your. You're gonna. What did she say? You're, you're, you're gonna. Uh, Ways up, Paul. Ways up, man. Uh, you're gonna cross Wanger yourself on the way back. You're gonna. You're gonna cross yourself on the way back or something. I can't remember what she said. You're burning know. the candle at both ends. Yeah. No, she's not that. Uh, she's not that. Uh, no, she says stuff that's funny. It's basically she's gonna. I'm gonna cross myself on the way round. Like if I, I'm like I'm going around the earth so much. Right. Yeah, Travelling around. It's like you're going around the, the world so quickly that you're going to catch up with yourself. Yeah. Okay. Which is not a good thing, apparently. Yeah. Apparently not. She, she, yeah. She's very worried about my health. She's a mum. Well, you've got to look and after I'm, yourself, and, and she's just seeing me every day on YouTube drinking alcohol, basically. Yeah. <laughs> doing comedy yeah. and then being depressed uh, and then so she, she uh, she's she's worried which is which is fair enough I would say uh, you know I saw your vlog the other day when you were in Barcelona yeah. and you, it was the middle of the night and you were clearly uh, sort of I don't know y- you were uh, sort of messed up in the head a bit yeah. and you seemed to be a bit unsure of what you were doing yeah. you were like oh I don't know whether I should continue doing the vlog I don't know what I'm doing uh, and yeah I was concerned to be honest I think I everyone was I think and, and uh, like I like it's just one of those things where you I mean everyone's been I'm sure everyone's been in the same situation and felt like that and I felt like that you know a few times yeah. but I just because uh, I almost didn't put out a video and I was gonna and then I was gonna put a video out the next day being like I didn't do a vlog yesterday because I was feeling like shit blah 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 but I just thought I'll record something and see if it if it, if it works and I was like you know what this is it's part of being a comedian and part of the mm. job that I'm doing and part of every job where you have days where you feel excited and you're, you're super happy and other days when you're just not yeah. but no one ever gets to see those those bad days mm. unless you're married to the person you see them and even then you might hide it from that person mm. Um, mm. well I, I anyway in any case whether it's uh, a normal level of, of of tiredness or a normal level of um you know stress or whatever uh you know do take care of yourself yeah i'll try yeah look after yourself and and take it easy and sometimes if you can't do a vlog because you because you're tired and you want to sleep instead or yeah. go and, but go that's and, every day go, and go to the cinema and just have a night off if i didn't yeah, have anything i would i would sleep for tw- i would literally sleep for 11 hours a day easy but yeah. I, if i don't have this thing then i'm not for like it's just it's giving me a thing to do by the way ladies and gents paul taylor as you know uh, you, you've heard him on the podcast 
But anyway, Paul, I don't know why I call, called you Paul Taylor there. Yeah. Paul, uh, as we talked about in the in the previous episode, does this vlog, but it's a it's a punishing schedule because he gets up. Uh, at like something like five o'clock in the morning, in order to edit the footage that he's videoed the previous day, so he's editing from five o'clock a.m. Here's, like, here's, Paul, you, you're you're sleeping less than me, and I've got a baby. Yeah, here's the thing. Like I, I, uh, I for some reason I, I decided I'll I'll have the videos come out at seven in the morning. That way, people can watch them before work. I could put them out at seven in the evening, and then I could spend the next day editing. But the thing is, the, the, the concept of like, here's what I did yesterday doesn't really work at 7 p.m. No, no, no. So no. it needed, to, but most people are not watching it at 7 a.m. anyway. So I don't I know don't why know, I'm man. doing this to I myself. Don't know. I just, I just think um, health, your health comes first. Correct. As long as you got your health. Oh, I feel like I'm, I'm the health is fine, but I'm just, uh, I, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's I just don't working know what I'm out doing. the strategy. Yeah. So you, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to yeah, work out I'm the strategy and trying mm-hmm. to trying to make it work. But yeah, yeah, you're like the thing is about you. You're actually very hard working. It's very it's very hard to get up at five o'clock in the morning, especially when you like to sleep. Yeah, I love and so, sleeping. Yeah. So do I. So, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning in order to edit the video that you recorded the previous day so you can publish it at seven. And then admittedly, you do go back to sleep again. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's that, that on one hand, I, it makes me worried a little bit that you're pushing yourself a bit far and it's a little bit punishing. Mm. But on the other hand, I kind of think, wow, that's impressive. You work hard. But I, here's the and thing. When, and, you know, you get success by working hard. So Yeah. Well, here's, I, like I was speaking to my hairdresser like, last time I got my hair cut a few weeks ago. Uh, he, the hairdresser's in, my, in where I live in Paris, yeah. in the 20th arrondissement. Yeah. He lives 45 kilometers away. He gets up at six in the morning to get to the hairdressers by eight to open. I'm just like, that person, that guy's doing that that every day, Monday to Friday. I'm lucky enough to be doing something that I like and I'm complaining about the fact, oh, I, yeah. uh, and so, so I'm, uh, one side of me, I'm like, I can't, I really sometimes just can't be bothered and it's too much. Other part of me is like, shut up, stop complaining. You're doing a yeah. job that you like. You're getting paid. I mean, I'm not getting paid to do the YouTube videos yeah. uh, at all. So that's all free stuff. You're not monetizing them. I'm trying to, but they're not. They they right. just it's, it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. just taking like six months for the approval process. Right. Um, well, and even if it was monetized, I wouldn't be earning. I, I would just living. say I know what it's like making content, especially making content every day. Yeah. It can be even if even if they're fairly short. Did you ever do the, the, this podcast every day? At some uh, stage? I used to do phrasal verb a day. Yeah, and, I remember. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I've just had periods when I've been very very busy, but wanting to publish content because i haven't done it for a while yeah sometimes life gets too busy and and it means that you're squeezing lots of things into short periods of time and getting stressed out about yeah, all of them yeah, yeah. and it, it, it sometimes really freaks me out and and uh, makes me very stressed and it's a very unhealthy situation mm. and so i'm i'm of the opinion that uh, so even though the work you do you enjoy I still think that you should sometimes just take time to do nothing yeah. and to just have some Paul time where you're not thinking about, uh, you know, publishing uh, your life or, or coming up with new material. That yeah. You should have periods in your in your week or in your day where you just just fart around and just have fun. Go to the cinema. Go and see the new Avengers film. Yeah, it's, it's pretty should, good. Yeah. It's a pretty good film, but or or whatever, or just go on a bike ride, or or just go walking and just listen to some music, or yeah. just read a book or something. It'll do you the world of good because when you get tired and uh, you're you're sort of worn out a bit, it's very hard to to be able to come up with new ideas yeah. and things. Yeah, totally. But one of the things that I find really helps me is that if I'm feeling like a bit stressed out, or if I feel like um, I need to come up with some ideas, I will just sit down with nothing. 
I'll have no computer, no phone, no books, nothing. Yeah. I'll just sit in a nice, comfortable chair and I'll just sit there and close my eyes. I might fall asleep or I'll just let my mind wander and just let it go wherever it wants to go. Yeah. And it's somehow very refreshing. Yeah, I need to find, uh, what I need to do is I need to find a space because my, my apartment, I can't do it in the apartment because yeah. it's, it's too small and we're, it's very crowded with shit. Um, so I need to find somewhere where I can do that. Uh, the, where, the, 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 here's, here's where I find that I can do that is on an aeroplane. Right. That's my favorite place to come up with creative stuff. So all you need to do is, is fly to Japan. Get an airplane. Yeah. I need to I need to buy an airplane. <laughs> I need to buy a, a, I need to buy a private jet and fly somewhere I'll buy randomly. You an airplane. It'll be a small one. <laughs> I mean like a model airplane, like a little toy. Yeah. But I'll That's what I think I need, like my, the price of my creativity will come at a 500 euro flight to San Francisco and back. Yes. Uh, because that's where I that's where my ideas end up coming out. Anyway. Right. Well, we've got to we've got to stop because um, I've got to go to to crash and pick up my daughter. But Paul, really good fun to talk to you on the podcast. So again. much fun! Uh, Thanks ne- for having me back. You're welcome. Next time we'll get Amber back here too. So we will we get, get Amber the, back. The, the, the terrace trio can can be reunited. The pod pals. Yeah. All right, then, mate. All cheers. right, cheers. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Just a few words at the end. I don't want to extend this episode a lot more, uh, but I do want to say nice one. Uh, for getting all the way to the end of this episode. I say that because I know it can be hard to follow about 90 minutes of native-level speech in English, and Paul does speak pretty quickly, as a few of you mentioned to me after hearing the previous episode with him. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the more you listen, the better it is. And sometimes listening to fairly quick speaking can be really good training for you. It's important to mix it up. Sometimes listening to content that you understand without too much trouble, that's important. But also sometimes listening to more challenging things. There's value in both. And basically the important thing is to keep going and not give up. And if you're listening to this, I suppose it means that you didn't give up, even if perhaps you didn't understand everything. So nice one. Then again, some of you might be thinking now, Luke, it was a, it was a pleasure And I wish there was more. It wasn't that difficult. I just really enjoyed it. Well, in that case, great. And I agree. This was a fun one. Uh, It was really good fun. There's more to be said about the UK citizenship test, so I might be doing another episode on this soon. But for now, that's it. Download the Luke's English podcast app from the App Store and check out the extra content that you can find there. But uh, otherwise, have a great day or night or morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.